on part three of our three decades at the Institute, we feature specific areas of research at the Institute and Orient Healthy Workforce Center. Our mission here at the Institute is to improve the lives of workers through biomedical and occupational research. And we accomplish this through four areas of research, total worker health, sleep and shift work, genome instability in human disease, and treatment recovery and prevention. In this episode of What's Work Got To Do With It, we speak virtually with scientists who conduct research in these four areas and learn how their work addresses the spectrum of scientific impact from understanding the physiological mechanisms of health, safety, and well-being all the way to organizational behavior change. So we'll be speaking with Dr. Leslie Hammer. Uh, She is a professor here at the Institute and currently serves as the co-director for the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center. It's one of six uh, National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health or NIOSH funded total worker health centers of excellence. Um, Dr. Hammer has brought a lot of expertise to the Institute in the field of occupational health psychology and specializes in different areas within that, stemming from the health effects of supportive supervision at work, um, how health consequences uh, impact our work family conflicts. Um, She has a lot of wonderful experience in designing, implementing, and evaluating uh, different worksite interventions and supervisor training specifically. And her research focuses on how organizations can reduce work family stress and improve positive spillover um, with both informal and formal workplace environments. So thank you, Dr. Hammer, for joining us today. Um, Can you just talk briefly about your research and how it fits into the mission of the Institute as a whole, which is improving the lives of workers through biomedical and occupational research? Sure. Thank you, Helen. So my background is actually initially um, training training in industrial organizational psychology. And so I have this training that really um, helps me to understand how organizations function and what people in organizations can do to improve um, health and well-being of workers and also the role of leaders and um, and also how organizations are structured. And my background really developed from that um, industrial and organizational area to a more of a focus on occupational health psychology, as you mentioned, and also occupational health and total worker health. And what my research does is it really focuses on workplace strategies for improving worker health and well-being, and ultimately also reducing injuries for workers. And this is primarily through the lens of how changes in the organization of work or changes in the work environment lead to improvements in worker health and well-being, as well as improvements in their family members' health and well-being. More specifically, I focus on, as you mentioned, changing supervisor behaviors, and I really look at the supervisors as part of the structure and system within the workplace. So I think of supervisors as part of the work environment, and I study ways of how their behavior can really impact workers and how what they do and how they treat their workers can impact the health and well-being of workers. So my research fits into the mission of the Institute because of its applied focus on occupational health and worker health, safety, and well-being. Yeah, I mean, you're doing a lot of research that ties into what each of us go through day to day. I mean, we all have managers, supervisors, 
um, coworkers that we have to interact with on a daily basis, especially more than ever, it is important for these structures to function together. And our managers kind of, I've heard that they even play a larger role than than our own doctors in terms of health, safety, and of course, well-being overall. How have you seen your research evolve over the years? Well, sure. Um, so I started as a faculty member at Portland State University almost 30 years ago. And at that time, coming in with my focus in industrial organizational psychology, I was particularly interested in the work-family interface and really how um, what organizations could do to better support working family members and um, around this kind of work-family stress that they were experiencing. And 30 years ago, that was pretty new. Um, there was obviously a movement in the 70s and the 80s around attention to work life. There was important research done in the 80s recognizing the impact of work-family conflict. But there was very little done in terms of actual workplaces and changing workplaces to really develop strategies around supporting work-family interactions. So my early work focused on evaluating the implementation of alternative work schedules and workplace flexibility and how that impacted workers' stress and well-being. And then I also collaborated with a colleague who was a gerontologist and focused on a select group of workers who were sandwiched between the care of uh, children and aging parents. And we actually did a large national study of dual earner couples in the sandwich generation in the late 1990s. At the same time, I was developing a training program in occupational health psychology that helped me to intersect the work, family, and occupational health psychology areas, which are now really intertwined. But based on that, I became connected with an initiative that was being implemented by the NIH and the CDC to develop consensus building meetings around workplace policies and programs um, that were implemented that led to improvements in worker health and family health. And that was, um, those consensus building meetings were in the early 2000s, and eventually that led to a, an RFA that I applied for, and I um, was, ended up being awarded. I was one of six centers when I was at Portland State. Um, I was one of six centers that um, made up the Work, Family, and Health Network, and there we were funded to um, develop these um, programs, implement them, and evaluate them in randomized controlled trials um, that focused on improving worker and family health. And I, in particular, along with my colleague, Ellen Kosick, developed specifically this supervisor training around work-life support. And between the years of 2005 and 2014, we evaluated the effectiveness of that supervisor training. We call it family supportive supervisor behavior training. And we were able to demonstrate in these randomized control trials the effectiveness of that training. That then led to my work that eventually um, started focusing on military personnel because I had colleagues, um, research colleagues um, in the Walter Reed Army Institute for Research who were interested in me studying these issues in the military. And this led to a um, funded project, the Study for Employment Retention of Veterans, where I trained 
civilian supervisors on how to better support their returning service members around work-life support and around supporting their military backgrounds. And that then led to other studies that are currently being conducted in the military, but all around really this construct of supervisor support and how supervisor support can be leveraged to improve health and well-being of employees. Well, it certainly sounds like you had a very dynamic career and um, how it's evolved uh, through the years at each step of the way has been a very great thing for the field of occupational health psychology, how that research has brought the supervisors to really make an impact in the workforces. Can you speak just a little bit more about the other industries in Oregon and just other areas within that that you've impacted or have been a part of? Yes. So basically, um, as I said, this concept of supervisor support has been the focal point of my trainings and part of my involvement with the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center during our um, first round of funding. I worked with the city of Portland and worked with their the Water Bureau and the Portland Bureau of Transportation and specifically um, focused on field workers, kind of field construction workers, where we developed training of the supervisors related to support for work-life integration and also support for safety communication. And so it kind of integrated those two concepts. And then we evaluated that training with City of Portland employees in the Water Bureau and PBOT. I also have worked with grocery store managers and employees in, um, in the Midwest. I have also worked with nursing home workers and supervisors and employees, as well as the Oregon National Guard, which I briefly mentioned. The Oregon National Guard is actually currently participating in my military employee sleep and health study, where we're training their full-time supervisors, training them on how to be more supportive around sleep health for their full-time employees. And they were also actually giving their full-time employees actigraphy watches as track their sleep-wake cycles and giving them feedback on their sleep and looking at the effects on health and well-being. In addition, I have, in my study for employment retention of veterans, I actually was in about 42 different organizations across the state representing many different industries. And we had about 50% of them were really public organizations, most many of them government organizations. And we basically studied the, again, trained the supervisors and then studied the veteran employees, the veterans who were working in those industries. But they really cut across a lot of different industries. And then I guess lastly, I'm currently now starting to move into studying active duty military and active duty army and understanding how to teach supervisors how to support their full-time soldiers around health, well-being, and resilience. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, the the work of doing supervisor and supportive training is so important. And, and I know that a lot of the Oregon Healthy Workforce Center toolkits have a focus on that supervisor training and behavior tracking um, component of it as well. And so it's, it's great to hear about all the cross-cutting in different industries that you've worked with within your work, um, you know, throughout these years and how that's evolved your research from the beginning of your career to now and now seeing your involvement with the military is wonderful because I think a lot of the times many managers might not know of or even understand how to reintegrate uh, their veterans um, back into the workforce and and I think there is certainly a lot of work to be done there as well as other areas 
what do you love most about working here at the Institute and what brought you to, to the Institute? <laughs> well, I love working at the Institute. It's been, it, for me, I've been here for um, over four years now, four and a half years, and it's been fantastic. But actually, for uh, many, many years, probably for the past 20 years, I have been in some contact and collaboration with um, with Kent Anger and Ryan Olson. They were actually, they were involved in my work family and health network research. Kent was on my advisory board early on in the late 90s for my occupational health psychology training program at Portland State. So their relationship really drew me to the Institute. And from there, I learned about how interesting it was to be in an institute where there was this interdisciplinary group of individuals who all had a central focus of ultimately improving health and or safety um, and well-being of the workforce. And the interdisciplinary aspect of the institute is so unique and so valuable because everything we know about the workplace, about workers, about health, about safety, really draws on multiple disciplines. And so having that experience and that connection within the Institute has been invaluable. And then I also love my lab. I have this research team, this amazing research team that I've been working with for over six years. So many of whom came with me here to the Institute. And it's a wonderful, supportive environment. It's lets me do the research that I want to do. And it's, it, I'm, my research is consistent with the Institute. And I really feel fortunate to be connected with all of the faculty who have such unique backgrounds and all are contributing to the same mission. Yeah, definitely a lot of wonderful qualities that each researcher shares. And I think across the board, I heard very similar responses in terms of <laughs> collegiate um, natures of, of how people interact and how each person is um, collaborating in into interdisciplinary approaches to have one common goal and, and that's to improve the lives of workers. And so it's great to hear um, from all the different faculty members in their research areas and, and how um, they want to progress this field of work and through the biological mechanisms all the way through applied and going into the workplaces. So we certainly do appreciate all the work that you're doing. Um, Leslie, and that, you know, we'll continue to um, progress and move total worker health together. And one of those areas that is going to continue and evolve and change as, as so is the work environment. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. So today we're going to be talking to Dr. David Hurtado. He is an assistant professor here at the Institute, as well as at the OHSU PSU School of Public Health. Dr. Hurtado, he's a social and behavioral scientist. Um, his interest areas in terms of research um, are peer support for safety, employment conditions and health, and the design and evaluation of workplace interventions aimed to protect the worker um, in terms of occupational health and sa safety following the total worker health framework. So thanks so much for uh, joining us today, David. Um, we look forward to speaking with you and learning more about your research. Uh, we just wanted to share with our listeners uh, briefly about your research and how it fits in uh, with the mission of the Institute, which is improving the lives of workers through biomedical and occupational research. Yes, thanks. 
happy to be here. That's exactly what my research is about, advancing the health and well-being of Oregonians. And uh, I think that the work environment has a profound impact on our health, and which is why my research is about developing evidence-based organizational approaches to maximize workers' well-being, safety, and productivity. And I try to do that through the integration of different theories and methods from a whole host of diverse public health disciplines. Um, my studies are focused mostly on healthcare workers who are exposed to multiple stressors and hazards that elevate the risk of disability for things such as musculoskeletal disorders, uh, mental illnesses, and occupational injuries. And to that end, my research is about partnering with organizations, with employers, and community-based organizations to design, implement, and evaluate programs that are about safety or quality improvement. And I also conduct social epidemiologic research, and I care about work-life policies and practices that produce and maintain social and health inequities. That's great. Thanks so much for sharing. I mean, it does seem like you cover a wide range of different areas bridging kind of occupational health and public health. And so that kind of leads me to my next question in terms of I'm sure your research has evolved throughout the years as you started um, your studies all the way through um, your position here at the Institute. Can you talk more about how your research has evolved over the years? Yes. Um, well, I've been in the Institute for about four years now, four and a half. And being at OHSU, which is an academic health care center, um, and if you study healthcare issues, then you're in a very um, good place to do so. So one way by which my, you know, where I've seen my research being involved is by by having a more direct uh, experience with healthcare workers, and also by being influenced by other methods and theories from my colleagues in social and behavioral sciences, especially particularly to the influence of uh, supervisor and co-worker support. Theoretically, we all know the importance of those actors from the workplace, but I've been influenced by how my colleagues actually bring those theories into programs or toolkits to materialize uh, with concrete steps how to maximize that influence from workers and supervisors. In Oregon, another way my research has changed for good is that I try to study issues that are concerning for the region. In one of my research studies, it's about rural hospitals, and I, I, I've been learning a lot about the needs and issues that affect the health of uh, people living in rural places and how uh, critical access hospitals and other rural facilities are so important to advance the, the public health of rural Oregonians. There's a lot of work to be done in each of those areas, especially as you just mentioned, you know, rural healthcare workers, you know, they're generally don't have as many resources as we would in a place in a larger city. And so I think a lot of those areas are very relevant in terms of research. And I appreciate hearing about your research involvements over the years, because I think as Oregon and working population uh, changes, all this research is very much needed. And I know you've touched on some of the industries already, but are there any other industries that you've worked uh, within your research? Yes, definitely. While the majority of my research is with healthcare workers, I also study other high-risk industries, especially those that have precarious contract or employment arrangements. Part of my research 
have been with food service workers and the informal economy. I am a Colombian scientist and, I'm, and I've been in the US for 11 years already. But as is the case in Colombia, as, in, as it is in many developing countries, the majority of the workforce is part of the informal economy. So I've been always drawn to uh, contribute through my science to how we can advance health and safety for workers with precarious uh, employment types. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like a lot of industries that you work with, um, you know, with precarious industries too, and um, in also working overseas and bridging that. And I, I, I would imagine that there are shared as well as unique characteristics in each of the workplaces in the different industries and, you know, back home that you've studied. So thank you so much for sharing that. I wanted to end by asking what you love the most about working at the Institute and what brought you here in terms of wanting to bring your research here. Well, I was a postdoc at a Total Worker Health Center for Excellence, the Harvard Center, when OHG was recruiting for my position. So the fact that I was able to um, join another Center for Excellence for Total Worker Health was for me very inspiring and I felt very proud of continuing this uh, exposure to Total Worker Health Excellence here at OHSU. And I really, uh, yeah, I'm proud of working here because we are one of the institutes and centers who are at the front boards of occupational health um, research, especially about uh, workplace interventions. Very recently I was speaking, had an encounter with someone from NIRSH at, at the last uh, Workers and Health Conference. And that person, you know, I met him uh, for the first time and he says, well, you know, you are at a place that is already, you know, it's always at the forefront. So that recognition is something that I, that I love working um, with, you know, with my colleagues at the Institute. I like also how uh, we all get along with very collegial, very, very friendly workplace. And uh, there's also something that for me is very exciting is the new blood and the new faculties. Uh, I think that we are recruiting and we have recruited exciting young faculty who are doing excellent work in different areas. So in that sense, the, the future looks very bright for the Institute. Well, I wanted to thank you for your time, uh, David, today for chatting with us and for sharing um, a bit about what you do yourself and your research. So thank you so much. Yeah, very welcome. Dr. Emily Huang Chen Huang received her PhD in Industrial Organizational Psychology Systems Science from Portland State University and has conducted research both nationally and internationally. In addition, she has worked for over 17 years at Liberty Mutual Insurance as a senior scientist in safety research. She is currently an associate professor at the Institute and has focused on safety climate in the workplace. Dr. Emily Huang has led multidisciplinary efforts in investigating safety perceptions and in developing and evaluating safety climate measures for a variety of industries. At the Institute, her goals are to bring various organizational climate scales, implement occupational safety climate scales within companies, and to help build industry database benchmarks on safety climate. Thank you, Emily, for joining us today. Um, we just wanted to begin by 
sharing with our listeners briefly about your research and how it fits into the mission of the Institute. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm an occupational health psychologist, and my research is dedicated to improving the safety and health of workers across various industries. I'm very excited to be joining my colleagues at the Institute to collaborate in this mission. Safety climate is the measurable component of safety culture. We measure employees' share perceptions of company safety policies, procedures, and practices. It is about the overall importance and true or relative priority of safety at work. It has been widely and constantly shown that safety climate measures are robust indicators or leading indicators of occupational safety across industries. My lab and I offer safety climate and safety cultural assessments and conduct research to better understand the key factors that drive safety in an organization and try to help companies build good safety culture. Thanks so much for sharing that, Emily. I know it's really important for workplaces to focus and take more responsibility in terms of engaging their workforce in safety as a whole and the important role of how leadership and perception of the employees of safety is a really important component of that. Um, We wanted to kind of learn more about how your research has evolved over the years. I know you've been studying safety climate for many, many years now and have led complex studies in terms of safety climate. Can you share with us on how your research has evolved over these years? Sure. Yeah, thank you. Uh, As you mentioned, uh, I have been conducting research in safety and health for over 20 years, and I have been very lucky to work with great minds in the safety climate field, such as the founder or father of safety climate research, Dr. Dov Zoha from Israel, whom I have worked with for over a decade. So initially, he and I collaborated to create and validate industry-specific safety climate scales including remote workers from the transportation and utility industries. We then extended and developed short scales to make safety climate measure more versatile. Now with the short generic scale we developed, a company can measure their company's safety climate with just four survey questions. So at the Institute, I'm very excited to further expand upon my research. My lab and I are working on a number of exciting projects that will allow us to do this. So we are working to identify and better understand the key factors that drive safety and the key drivers of safety climate and how they individually and jointly impact safety. We are applying some exciting statistical approaches such as predictive modeling that will allow us to simulate the effects of focusing on safety efforts on one or multiple key drivers in order to improve an organization's safety climate most efficiently. We are also excited to be using my safety climate research as a model to develop a total worker health climate scale. We would like to help companies improve their employees' safety, health, and well-being. This is our most recent project that we are all excited to be focusing on. Yeah, that's wonderful, Emily. I know your your team has been working very hard to develop uh, the total worker health and safety climate and been teaming up with various companies, uh, not just locally, but also nationally uh, to to make that happen. So it's great to see how that's evolved and 
we've done a blog post on you recognizing you as a prolific author. And so that leads me to going into our next question about the industries that you've worked with. You've touched a little bit about that earlier, but we just wanted to hear more about other industries in Oregon and beyond that you've worked with and that you've um, had an impact on. I have been able to work with the transportation, utility, manufacturing, and most recently, the construction industries. My lab has completed three safety climate assessments with three different construction companies in Oregon and Washington. So we look forward to continue our work with all of these industries throughout various research and consulting projects. Then opportunities we are particularly excited about is our partnership with SAFE, Oregon's largest worker compensation insurance company. We are collaborating with them to validate their ANSPRO safety cultural spectrum so we can more effectively support their policyholders and improve safety throughout the state. The tool will be applied across various industries. For listeners who are interested in learning more about Inley's safety climate project, you can send her team an email at safetyclimate at ohsu.edu. So Emily, we wanted to learn uh, about what brought you here to the Institute. I am an occupational health psychologist and I completed my PhD at Portland State University back in 2000 with a degree in IO psychology and system science. Then I moved to Massachusetts after school and work as a researcher at the Safety Research Institute for many years, as we just discussed earlier. So our institute here has one of the only six total worker health centers funded by NIOSH in the U.S. We care about safety and health, and I really appreciate the opportunity to return to Oregon and join the institute and continue my research and practices in safety, culture, and climate and make real impact. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing. And um, I think Oregon agrees that we enjoy having you back and doing this wonderful and much needed research in various industries throughout Oregon and beyond. So we wanted to end our interview with just what do you love most about working at our institute and what brought you here? Um, I know you had a long career at Liberty Mutual and coming here, there are a lot of great qualities at the institute. So we'd love to hear um, your take on things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thank you. Our institute, our Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Science, is dedicated to health and safety in the workforce. So the mission is to improve, to promote, improve health and prevent disease and disability among working Oregonians. So our activities are directly not only towards the goal of avoiding disease and accidents, but to actually improving the health of the workforce. So I'm, as you know, I'm passionate in helping workers improve their safety and health, and I really appreciate the opportunity to join the Institute. We appreciate you taking the time to um, tell us more about your work, and we look forward to hearing more about your safety climate research here at the Institute and featuring that. Yeah, thank you. All right. Dr. Kent Anger is the Associate Director for Applied Research. His research focuses on developing safety, health, and well-being intervention programs for people who work in high-hazard industries, such as construction or agriculture, and testing the effectiveness of those programs. The programs are generally delivered through technology, such as computer-based training based on behavioral education principles, 
and scripted training and activities delivered in small teams, in addition to behavior tracking through supervisors and managers. He has also identified and characterized exposures that damage the nervous system with behavioral tests. Dr. Anger, how would you summarize your research and how does it fit into the mission of the Institute? So my research has, from the beginning, focused on particularly people who have limited education or uh, knowledge. And in doing that, we've developed both testing and training software in order to um, create training and uh, testing that is accessible to and usable by people with limited education educational backgrounds, which we find in our workforce in Oregon as well as around the world. We've used that to identify um, serious neurotoxic effects of chemical exposures to people using certain pesticides, and we've just published information about our most recent study, which shows that chlorpyrifos has neurotoxic, uh, uh, an insecticide has neurotoxic effects on uh, human workers and for the first time showed a, a dose-related response based on performance differences between different groups for that chemical. In terms of training, we have developed training for people in agriculture, construction, retail, um, a whole series of different industries that's uh, effective, we found to be effective with knowledge transfer and also behavior change in people who have taken the training and learned from it and respond positively to it. And, and we find that our reaction measures that we get from people show that they really like the training a lot, especially people with limited education who haven't had a lot of uh, training given to them because uh, in an online format, mostly because um, people don't sort of set it up for people with limited education, so. I think it must be really challenging. The workplace is always changing and it's very diverse. So it's pretty amazing that all the trainings that you've developed have been able to reach a wide range of workers in order to help them be safer and more healthy on the job. How has this research evolved over the years? Well, it's it's really evolved in the total worker health concept that NIOSH put in place back in 2011. And as we've looked at total worker health, we've expanded our training from just focusing on safety kinds of issues and health kinds of issues. And the health issues are reducing exposure to chemicals found in the workplace. We've, ad we've added to that well-being kinds of issues. So keeping people um, healthy in terms of their eating activities, in terms of their exercise, and also in things like financial health. We basically do that by going and asking workers what do they want to know? What would help them have a healthier workplace or a healthier workplace environment that will help them remain healthy and contribute to their well-being? And um, we found that was really effective in guiding us to develop things that would be useful to workers. Nice. And you've already spoken about a lot of the different industries that you've worked with. And have you seen the evolution in the outreach to workers, too, like in all these different industries and especially with the gig economy and stuff? The main way we've seen uh, an evolution in outreach is that we are reaching out to more and more companies and and they're kind of responding positively to us, to, to using um, online training with their workforce. 
And we've also um, found interest in groups that represent people who have problems in their home life as well as their work life, Mm -hmm. and that one spills over from one place to the other. And so we've helped them develop trainings that will address the needs of their particular uh, group that they're representing. When we began our outreach program, we were mostly researchers and didn't have a, a lot of experience with outreach. And so we started hiring people to help with us uh, with outreach. But really, we got great advice from our advisory board. Then they were SACOSH, more recently AMLAC, on how we can be more effective in our outreach and the things they really wanted to see us do. uh, See us do. And so we took that advice and sort of doubled down on it. We we learned from what they said, and we sort of started expanding significantly our, our outreach, particularly in the numbers of organizations we had contact with. We really um, began by sending out information to every employer in the state. And then um, as we hired people, we found people that were focused on developing practical information to give it to workers and to companies, and not just to give them information, but to give them practical solutions to solve problems that they sometimes didn't know that they had or that they knew that they had. And when we hired uh, Dee Dee Montgomery, um, she really expanded that tremendously with all her contacts and built contacts. We then hired Helen Shuckers, who developed a dissemination program and the Your WorkPath um, website, uh, a .com website that's outside OHSU, and really has expanded our reach tremendously. And then we've added on, we're adding on consultation as well. And with the hiring of Nicole Guilfoy to expand that, um, we will um, certainly um, con- continue to grow in that regard. So our outreach has just blossomed from early early in the beginning, it was really minimal. And then it just has blossomed over time until we have what I think is an extremely strong outreach program. Nice. That's really great. Yeah. I mean, a healthy and safe worker is also a more productive worker. So it's a win-win for the Institute, for the worker, and most importantly, for the organizations too. So what brought you to the Institute in the first place? And what do you love most about working at the Institute? What brought me to the Institute was I started at uh, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, first part of my career, where I could do research. But in Oregon, Oregon was putting their money where their mouth was. They were putting money into prevention, identifying potential problems down the road before they became problems, and investing in prevention activities to prevent those from happening. When I saw that, I said, this is a place I want to work. What I most like working with at the Institute are the people who work there. It's such a dedicated group of people from the research faculty to the staff throughout, uh, completely throughout the organization. They're so appreciative of the funding that comes from the state and so dedicated to effectively using that funding to do important things for the workforce in the state. It's it's just a wonderful group of people to work with and their commitment is just makes my heart sore. Mine too, that's really great. Well, thank you so much, Ken, for sharing your time with us and sharing a little bit about your entire career. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks so much for asking and um, sorry I blabbed on for so long. <laughs> oh no, it was great, it was all good stuff. 
You're listening to What's Work Got to Do With It, your go-to resource on all things workplace safety, health, and well-being. This has been an episode of our podcast series where we invite you into the conversation as we discuss how our workplace conditions like work hours, occupational stress, job safety, and other issues affect our lives at home and at work. We go into the science behind it all and talk about what we can do to reduce work-related risk and promote well-being. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is a production of the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences and is hosted and directed by Helen Chuckers, Sam Greenspan, and Anjali Ramishbabu. Our mission at the Oregon Institute of Occupational Health Sciences is to improve the lives of workers through biomedical and occupational research. Home to over 75 scientists and research staff, the Institute explores a range of questions related to the prevention of work-related injury and disease and promotion of health in the workplace. Do you have an idea for a podcast episode? Want to hear from you on important workplace issues that you would like to discuss? Email us at occhealthsci at ohsu.edu. Subscribe to the Oregon in the Workplace blog or our social media channels at facebook.com slash ochhealthsci.ohsu or follow us on Twitter at ohsuochhealth to stay updated on current research, resources, news, and community events.